Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Hey, darling, this is Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind, and we are together via Vagina Talks. I am on the road. Let's hit record. We're just going to roll with it and see what happens. And I have departed today from somewhere, darling and dear Nebraska, as I head east. I did make it all the way to the coast. I made it all the way to California. And, and then the wind is blowing me back earlier than I had anticipated and yet so many things have already come together to feel like so aligned. That being said, I have been feeling sad. I'm sad leaving San Francisco, sad leaving the Bay Area, sad leaving Utah, sad leaving Denver and uh, that sense of going through the Rockies and then coming out and being like, oh yeah. It was when I was coming towards the Rockies. I was like, that's, I'm heading east now. I'm going to pass those mountains. That's, that's the direction of east. And I really, I really want to get, like, I don't know, 
I don't, this is shrinking. Don't shrink. Don't shrink. You can hear one of my teachers say, don't shrink. Are you shrinking on purpose? So, hmm. So one of the reasons, um, not reason, I don't know, is there a reason? I don't know. One of the elements of my healing in this past year has been around really claiming my power, my medicine, my healing, my calling, and really stepping outside the confines of what I've been told I'm supposed to want and supposed to do and supposed to, to be it um, in this particular way. And one aspect of this that I identified and got pretty clear on was the notion of autonomy in my sexuality and this place of not wanting this clarity of it's not, it's not something that anyone else ought to have permission or control over. And that's great in principle and what that looks like in actuality totally varies there's like by no means am I coming from a place at this point I mean who knows what I'll think about all of these things at, at any point but at this point in this moment it's not about what that looks like for anyone else for me it was this understanding and this realization of like 10 years ago if you were to tell me that I was going to be a like what which uh, I don't know, everything that I am, <laughs> that I would be like, yeah, that's cool. But like, oh, like I would really, I would be scared of it. And I've been having a lot of this experience of, of becoming, I talked about this in my last episode, becoming this version of a person that my past self was like really intimidated by. And I feel like I've arrived a huge, a huge, 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 huge wave or legitimate step or forward motion has taken place just in the past two weeks. This is last Tuesday. And every day, I mean, that's, that's one of the things, which is like, as we increase our presence and as we increase our consciousness, then every moment is this, I'm going to say it and it's going to sound dramatic, but it's real, which is that every moment becomes this limitless possibility. And the way that that's manifested for me or like taken form recently is the amount of potency and transformation and growth and evolution that I've had from day to day has been immense. And that often happens. People I think are very familiar. I imagine you're familiar with like a day or two or a weekend or an experience, a workshop, a a space, an experience that you're really present for. A lot of growth happens really fast. And then, and then it slows down and then you kind of come back to it. And, and one of the things that I'm sitting with right now is that the more I practice at staying present, the more I'm here, really, really here, the less that turns off or goes away. And so every, so every day, because I'm not backing off is maintaining this momentum of transformation and we're totally at summer solstice. So like massive expansion and whipping and speed. And yet it's, 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 it's a combination of all these things, right? 
And it reminds me of when I talk to like my old friends and we can, you know, connect. It's like, how's it going? And it's like, oh, you know, same, same, just like constant transformation, growth and evolution. And that's not an accident. It's definitely like a passion and a drive. Um, and it's also my nature, right? The combination of that, it's like both what I want and what happens naturally. And it's something that I pursue, pursue and cultivate. So I hesitate, right? Like I can talk a lot about a bunch of stuff right now that I think will be really useful. And because it's because we're just all in this, right? I mean, how many times am I going to say that together? As many times as it comes up, every sentence, it's actually happening underneath every sentence, which is that we're just all in this together. And one of the things that I know is taking place right now is a very deep sexual revolution. There's a wave, a consciousness wave that I think is in direct relationship to, because it's the same, it's rooted in our root. It's the same as this place of power and worth and um, stepping up. And so, you know, one of the gifts of crisis is that it initiates us or urges us to use more of our resources and, and pull us forward. And what happens in that process is we're pulled through our resistance that we had to taking our power, to having that full self access to. There are reasons why we didn't do it, whether it was convenience or function or flow or habit, or it was just what we were taught. Like there are reasons for it. And then there's a time, there's a moment, there's a calling where we have to be or give or show up for. And I, I know that what we're in right now is a direct result of many, 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 many years. I'm, I'm looking at the 60s and the 70s of the great evolution and revolution of sexual revolution. But I'm also looking at like the, the 20s and, and, um, and, and growth and art and poetry coming. Like it's just, you know, we can keep going. It's, it's a continuum. It's constant totally constant. And yet we're also in these, these micro cycles. Right. And so, you know, the me too movement, which started seven, you know, about almost seven years ago now had this growth and this momentum that surged forward. Now, once people start telling these stories of abuse and validating and sane making and, and really, uh, you know, those people who stood up and gave voice before that got a lot of trash talk on them um, are in, in, as the Me Too movement kind of moves forward and people tell these stories, it's like, yeah, they were, this is, this is not the exception, right? Like there's a consistency to this. And that's been happening. That's in, in motion, the work of feminism, the work of uh, people of color and resilient, marginalized people working for a right to be on this planet, right? Like just a right queers, hey, queers. So like everyone who was told, no, you don't really have power. No, you don't really matter. In fact, we've built a system so that your power is mitigated and your voice is lessened and heard less um, or not amplified. And we've had 
had all of these pieces, all of these pushes moving us forward. And that feeds into who and how we know ourselves. We're doing that collectively. You know, this is one of the things when, um, when the Black Lives Matter movement started uh, following Occupy, I remember having conversations with people and saying like, what, what does all of this marching do? Like, what, what is this even going to do? And I said, just watch. You don't, you're just, it's okay. You don't know, but watch. And when I say watch, I don't mean watch for two weeks. I mean, watch for years. Because what happens is it culturally changes the conversation. And then we're collectively having a different conversation. It's one of the benefits of disruption and activism is that it makes a subject matter that people say is not a subject matter that needs to be spoken of and makes it a subject matter talked about. And when we talk about something, it starts to stir our consciousness. So we're doing that collectively. That's been happening. Me too, Black Lives Matter, the Occupy movement, uh, on and on and on. Two, Black Lives Matter, the Occupy movement, uh, on and on and on. The, the uh, right now, this massive, heartbreaking, uh, historically repetitive, which I think is really important to remember though I imagine most of you listening already know that and that's a heartache present for you. But to just acknowledge that that's part of what's so intense about this is that there's, it's not a new idea to other people and then separate children and separate families and, and control people and put them in cages. That's not a new idea. And so we're, we're here again in this time. And what all of that does, what all of that does when we are awake to it. And when I say awake to it, I don't necessarily mean watching the news. What I mean is, and you can watch the news or not watch the news, that that depends on your ability and your system. But what I'm talking about is your ability to feel, to know, to be aware, to be awake to what is taking place and then what is required of you. What is required of you to participate in shifting and affecting what's taking place. And that I am a firm believer that we each have our, we're, we're a cell in a body, right? We're an, we're an electron in an atom. We're, we're one element in a massive system. And we don't have to do the job of everything. We just need to do our job. We need to do our job. And so one of the things that's so, and this is really common, I'm just like, what's my job? Like, how do I know what my job is? And I believe that knowledge and that knowing lies in your body, lies in your dreams, it lies in your heart, it lies in every aspect of your being. If you can get present and listen and stay through all the stories, all the reasons, all the indoctrination, all the perpetuation of there not being an answer. If you can stick through with all of that, there's an answer. And one of the things that's interesting about the answer is that a lot of us want it to be really, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's untrue, but I don't know. A lot of my friends, we're passionate people. We're passionate people. We want to see, we want to, we want to see an impact. We want to, we want to cause an impact, you know? And so a lot of the time when we're looking around in this space, 
we're looking at like looking for what's my job, right? We're looking for really, we can, we can be looking for very dramatic answers. Like, tell me the thing to do. I want to change everything. And I love that. Thank you for your passion. And thank you, Sophia, for your passion. And, you know, that's great. And what I found to be for me is that the feeling of, of, how do I say this? The, when we're looking for the grandiose vision, like my purpose is, and we have this idea that it's going to be this like big thing that's really um, clear with a path of how we're going to get there, you know, this, this whole thing that we may entirely miss that our, our purpose is to be well in ourselves. And so the first part of the way that we contribute is to feed ourselves better, take care of our personal living space and clean up some emotional habits that we've been doing. So this, this basicness of what our purpose is, the willingness to let the answer be so mundane, to be so mundane, just let the answer be so mundane, just so mundane. And, and in that mundaneness, it will be radical. You know, I think about uh, Winona LaDuke and, uh, you know, she started a hemp farm, a hemp and um, indigenous corn farm. And she's an economist and she is, uh, she's a, was a, is and huge an indigenous um, leader and educator and grandmother and brilliant, just brilliant human being. And I will link something to Winona's something land because she's just, she's a personal hero of mine. So uh, this notion of getting a farm and growing hemp and doing it with either out or with minimal fossil fuels, right? Is this has this rippling effect and that it's I'm trying to think about what's like, like, what am I really trying to say here? Just like, because I think for some people getting a farm, <laughs> well, getting a farm is a big vision, right? So getting a farm and, 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 and shifting an economic push and re-educating. That's a big vision. So I think that's why I slowed myself down here is because like her, her vision is, is, is constitutes big, right. In, in this context and yet how we get to, how we can show up to and contribute to and actually follow through on a vision that big is these, is these little steps, these little choices, these little notions. And, and so that even if you have a vision that feels really big, the willingness to let the little small steps be the sacred walk or be the holy walk or be the, the great activism, right? If putting yourself to bed early is how you're going to have the courage and the strength to make the phone calls you need to make and make the moves that you want to move in your life, then the radical act and the way in which you become of service is to put your bed, to yourself to bed early. That becomes the radical act. And that this is, again, it's like the same thing. It's like, all I ever want to talk about is how we cannot contribute to a peacemaking world 
if we are waging war in ourselves and in our own life in the name of fixing some stuff. Like, that's not how we do it. We will perpetuate the violence. That's what we're going to do. That's what we've done. And that's also what we've stopped doing. I believe that in my own body, in my own life. I've seen opportunities that could have been horrendous be uh, difficult or tender and beautiful and remain intact. And that's really important. Now, okay, so that's all of those things wanted to come out of my mouth before (laughs) I talk about my vagina. So, So this is my, this is my revolution right now. This is my radical act, which is that like, I can feel, I don't want to talk about sex. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but I want to talk about it. Like, I really want to talk about it because I, I, the feeling doesn't, the feeling that I'm having isn't like, um, it was a week ago. It was like, I'm holding it. It's mine. It's personal. I'm like in my medicine. This is for me right now. Now. I can, I, it's this, it's a, it's a shrinking, it's a shrinking, it's a hiding. It's a, I can't tell the story. What will people think of me? Who will I hurt? How will I, I don't know. How will I ever show my face in public again? You know, just got divorced in April. How can I talk about any of these things? It's too soon. It's too late. I'm, how can I be a blood witch and vagina person when I'm still like, so out of my mind when it comes to my own sexuality, right? All these stories. Ah! So instead of listening to any of those stories and keeping my mouth shut and just talking about these other things that are perfectly good things to talk about, I'm going to talk about my vagina. So the thing that I really want to say is a little bit in backwards. So I went and I spent a it's like, where do we start the story? So many places, right? So many places to start. Okay, this is the one thing that I want to say. I'm probably totally ruining this aspect because it's the punchline. But I'm going to start with the punchline because it's what I want to say. So as I'm driving out of California, I keep seeing these road signs. And every time I would see this one road sign, I would laugh out loud. And the road sign was reduce speed when wet reduce speed when wet. And that is exactly one of the main things that I learned in my sexual revolution recently. So I reached out to an old friend a couple weeks ago and I said, would you be interested in having ritual sex with me or doing some healing ritual around sexy stuff or just kind of holding space and seeing what happens? And they said, yeah, sure. Let's see what happens. Uh, and I reached out to them because they have a really deep presence. And I feel like over years and years and years of our friendship, I have felt like I could be myself and speak my truth. And I didn't feel their response to me did not inspire a shrinking. I felt like I could have a, a long history of experiencing myself in a fullness and that in fact I often felt like bigger and brighter with them as opposed to smaller which felt important because it's sex right like I don't know about y'all but it's been a thing for me 
And um, yeah, so I reached out. The answer was yes. Made a bunch of plans. Plans are funny, especially in my life right now because plans are not what I'm doing. I'm listening every day, multiple times a day, and doing what I feel called to do. So, uh, turns out that idea that plan doesn't work changes the thing. Yada yada. I say, why don't I come to you? They were gonna come to me. We were gonna like take some time, really spacious. Yada yada. Instead, total switch up. Go to them. And, uh, and I, the other thing that I have all this shame about, which is so interesting for me because it's all about permission. It's all about like who, what do I have to do? And according to who and why, and when do I have to do it? Cause I went to the Bay area and I have a bunch of friends there who I really love. Hey, if any of you are listening, I love you and, um, really love. And I wasn't going to the Bay area to be connected with my friends. I was going to be connected in a very intentional way to healing and reclaiming some of my sexuality. And so I didn't reach out to people. And in fact, I just kind of disappeared. I was bleeding at this point. I was moon lodging. So as though I need anything to make any more of my life a ceremony, it was definitely in full flow. And that, um, kind of containing and, and the holding of myself in like a much more smaller container as opposed to a larger social container made a lot of sense. And I just went with it. So just an interesting, so that's like the big, like that's, a, that's one element of this, which is like this place of how deeply and how consistently my you know, my patterns or my brain or myself is tracking to see who's going to be mad at me and who's going to be disappointed in me and who's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to like feel that for a second. It's been, I mean, it's been years. I mean, I remember being a teenager and having these conversations with my friends of just being like, we're going to stop saying I'm sorry all the time. Why do we say I'm sorry all the time? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You didn't even do anything. What am I saying sorry for? This like, so it's been a long time of consciousness around being like, what is this bowing, you know, shrinking, people pleasing? It's been a long time of, of unraveling and dismantling Perpetually, <laughs> I don't know, perpetually. Maybe there's a time where this shifts out. I'm open to that for you, for me, for all of us. This idea of I have to make decisions that will cause the least disruption to other people. Now, on one hand, right, like being considerate of other people or being in a collective or recognizing an impact on community, I'm 100% in support of that. 100 support of that. That's essentially entirely different than what I'm talking about. It's actually a different place in my being. I think it's a different pattern in my brain. It feels like it's a different thing in my body. You know, this notion of contribution or community or participation, those principles are deeply important to me. And I, I, I want to want to consider, want to be in relationship and have my, have the actions that I'm going to take to contemplate them and see that. That's great. 
take a moment for that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that vulnerably. Let's do that honestly. Let's do that consciously. Okay, I'm there for it. And that's totally different than like doing and and tending my own personal space, my own personal healing, my own personal well-being that I'm responsible for and needing to have that process not bother other people. To have that process like not bring up feelings for other people or touch their own stuff. Because a lot of the time that's really what we're talking about. Like I didn't not call my friends because I don't love them. It wasn't a rejection of them. It was a focus. It was a choice about what I was doing. So if they're going to feel really hurt, if any of them were to feel really hurt, that's not actually a reflection of my, like, it's not a reflection of my affection, right? Though they may experience it that way. So am I going to take responsibility for their feelings or not, right? That that becomes this theme. And I just, as I say this out loud, I'm like, oh my God, am I ever talking about anything else? I feel like this is, this is just whatever. We teach what we need to heal in ourselves, I guess. So, <laughs> I'm just going to sing about it for a minute. Oh. Yeah. The interesting thing is I've become more generous and more useful and more present with the people that I love, the more I just actually do the things that I need to do for myself. It's like so super basic. I'm just better company when I am not hungry. You know, when I'm hungry and grumpy, I show up to go for a walk with you. I haven't fed myself. I'm just not as much fun as if I eat a banana, bring an avocado for a snack. You know, like that's, I am better company and I am able to give more and I'm able to contribute more. It's a very simple equation. And yet doing it is this, this whole thing. So, so, so let's see. I want to say about all of this because I definitely am still brewing and sitting with my time. Um, I don't necessarily just want to like report back being like, and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. Though it's all pretty great poetry. Um, I think This is one of those moments where I'm like, maybe I just won't use this episode. <laughs> maybe I'm just going to record this whole thing and then be like, nope, and record something else. You would never know. But you'll know that now if I share this episode. You'll know that that's the thought I'm having. So I'm like, okay, let's see. What do I want to share? Well, I want to share that I was really fucking scared of dick. Like, that's what I want to scare. Scared. That's what I want to scare. No, yeah. Don't want to be. I don't. Am I? Just got nervous. Okay, perfect. Okay, this is the perfect. Aha. Aha. This is the theme. This is what I'm talking about. Okay. So what I realized this week was, so my friend and I got together. There's enough chemistry and like connection and love for some some things to go down. It's slow. It's affectionate. Turns out 
everybody's actually really busy. We don't have a ton of time. High ritual space is not really a thing, but really deep presence, communication, um, straight up healing, like practicing, these things happen. Um, and uh, I... Uh, Okay. So, so perfect. Okay. So the first, uh, night we get together, we talk about consent and what that looks like and where I coming from. And one of the things that I say is that I was like, I'm not interested in saying yes and no to things as a form of consent. I feel like it doesn't feel good to me. I feel like I've been requested of a lot in my life, either verbally or non-verbally, like physically taken or, um, or, or asked of in lots of ways, energetically, sexually, emotionally, like all of these things. I don't want to say yes or no. What I want is I want to know what you want. I want to know what I want. And then, and then we can see what happens where those things overlap. So no, I want to do this. Can we do this? Yes. No, it has to be like, I want to do this. And then the other person has to say like, I want to do this, either something different or something similar an aspect of it. So we have this conversation about like this, this is how we're going to frame it. So almost immediately having this conversation, I basically stop asking or communicating for things that I want. I mean, not entirely, but I very quickly drop into a very old, 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 old habit, which is that I don't ask for much. And when I ask for something, I think I should get it. (laughs) So this like paradigm or this space of of setting myself up, right? Like I even say at some point, I was like, if I, maybe if I were to ask for more things that I want, I would get some more yeses, right? Like that would be, because what ended up happening is that I've got a lot of no's because the reason I reached out to this friend is because they're so good with boundaries and safe and they're not going to do anything they don't want to do. And they're not going to feel like pushed around and emotionally manipulated. I don't need to take care of them. I can just trust them to take care of themselves. And that's totally what they did. Totally what they did. It was amazing. It was amazing and amazing and healing and confirming that like, it's possible. Like I don't have to take care of like, just like, I don't know. I don't know if they could handle me or not, but they could handle themselves. And that was what I, I think I needed. And I needed to feel more than an experience more than anything else. And so What was really interesting is that over the course of the week is that I would have these moments where I'd go to start to say something and then I would stop. This became like a recurring pattern. And I've already done this a number of times, like in this episode, right? Like I go to talk and then I'm like, um, I don't know. And what happens actually happened a lot for me. And what happens when I start to get into this space is that it doesn't just, um, I don't just wait and not say something. It's actually like a full arrest in my brain where it like goes quiet. One might call this a form of dissociation. I refer to it as going catatonic, like freeze. It's a brain freeze. So fight, flight, freeze, only it's a brain 
catatonic space. So it goes all of a sudden the mind goes quiet and not like in like a spacious, quiet way. Though I guess I could definitely embrace that and maybe have a different experience with myself as I did that. I'm just being like, oh, let me just savor this spaciousness because I obviously need some space because I'm scared. I'm scared. And so what I experienced was that this is why the road sign was so hilarious was reduce speed when wet because even before I got aroused just if we started to like talk about things that were related to sex all my articulate grounded present um spacious unattached invested vulnerable risk-taking self that I have grown and love and respect and dig like I just love this self that I am, right? It's just a really amazing thing. It's just me. And she's, she's awesome. And she thinks things and she says things and she does things and there's continuity and presence and I'm into it. And it was like, as soon as we would get into the realm of sex, I would just, where'd she go? It was just gone, just totally gone. And I realized it was a combination of things. One, it was just like that, the trauma that is our collective main most people's cultural experience around sex and the development of sex and we've talked about this a number of times in episodes we talked about the consent episode like the early early consent episode and um uh hopefully and okay see this stop is a different stop this stop is where i'm like okay lots of pathways going a lot of ways let me bring things together. Okay. Let me like take a moment and see what settles out. This other kind of stopping is like, I have one thought and I'm scared of that thought or it activates a space in me that I'm not comfortable with. And then I lose the thought and I lose the ability to talk and I physically get like tense and weird. Oh, that happened to me a lot. (laughs) Happened to me a lot last week. And I was so grateful because it gave me a chance to really work with it. And it took basically the whole week for me to figure that out. Um, again, like I said, there was like lots of like, turns out it was like a very busy week. So the amount of time to kind of practice in these ways were like in little chunks. Right. And so like piecing them together, getting space, all of these things. And, um, So, so reduce speed when wet. So I, I realized, so, okay. So, right. So teenage dumb years of, of, of emotionally abusive relationships, both being abusive as well as being abused in that context or in that language, like really painful stuff that definitely the pelvic floor, the yoni, the womb space, like the ass, like the, the rectum, the anus, like these are sensitive spaces that do not appreciate being um, not recognized as holy and as um, being controlled and hurt. And one of the other things that happened this week that I learned a lot about was how much I was, had spent so much energy controlling myself, so much energy controlling myself. And I had this uh, really big healing at the end of my time in Taos, right? Done all this work with Suki, done all this yoga work and all this just deep 
just work, deep work. And, uh, and then the last day I was in Taos, I got a holistic pelvic care session from my beloved, my beloved honey petal walker, my beloved Jane Glenn. And she, we did this session together and I came to this moment. She was working in this deep left side of my pelvic floor, this place that I've been carrying tension and been clearing tension. I just, I've been clearing tension from the left side of my pelvic floor for five years. Isn't that amazing? And it's been clearing. There's just a lot, right? And also like as surrogates, as people who are doing work, not just for ourselves, but consciously doing work for the collective. Um, I think this work is, you know, I don't know, five years is both a really long time and a really short time in a lot of ways. And uh, we're talking about cleaning up the patriarchy on a cellular level. It's like no small feat, right? So, ah, decolonize the body. So, <clears throat> bum, bum, bum. so we're in these, and we're also, you know, clearing tension from the right side, clearing tension from the anterior, the front of my body, the back body tension of my uh my anus, this experience of getting hemorrhoids and being really taking the time to listen and being like, I am just trying to hold my shit together all the time. You're like, oh, this is totally related to my like, you know, under-resourced ADHD, kinesthetic, nonlinear, creative, problem-solving thinker, uh, trying to fit into this world that wants me to kind of do this little doop, 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 which of course I don't really do, nor do I do very well. So it's stressful. So I'm holding my shit together, right? So it's like, my root is like holding this shit together. I'm just trying to hold it together. I'm trying to be this mystic blood witch because I am so committed to being myself and I've been so blessed with so much support and healing and love saying, do you Sophia, be you go for it, take the risk. I have all that support. And yet I still have all this like tension and energy around trying to like fit in, you know, trying to fit in at all. And so all that tension is there. So clearing, 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 years of clearing, years of clearing, years of clearing. Yay. I finally got a podcast. Woohoo. I'm like more free. Yay. I love you so much. You're this marriage has been the most amazing thing of my life. I literally owe you. Well, I owe you nothing, but I give credit to the results and the wholeness and the healing that I'm experiencing in my life with like such gratitude and such humbleness and such like appreciation for the marriage that I had with Kim. Like, thank you. And now I have this greater sense of what I want. And it turns out it doesn't look like, at least from here, from this perspective, where we're coming from, those are the same. So thank you. So boom, 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 right? Like layers, layers, notions, like heteronormative while trying to be queer, like everybody just trying to play by the rules and get by and it's by the man, right? Not trying to play by anybody else's rules except spirits. Turns out I'm totally trustworthy. Uh, little did I know after spending all this time trying to control myself, my body controlling myself, controlling myself, controlling myself, controlling myself. I'm still talking. I wonder if this episode's going to be like three hours because I'm just <laughs> on the open road. Okay. So I'm here. I'm getting this work. We reach this place, the depth of this, like this very, you know, uh, a core place of tension. 
And I say, I need to tell my body something. I need you to witness me saying this to my body. And she like drops into the space and she's holding pressure on the left side of my bowl and I'm feeling into the space and I say to myself, you are the most important thing. You are the most important thing in my life. I will change any agreement. I will change any commitment that I've made previously. I will do what you ask me to do. You are the most important thing. And then I get to walk with that, right? That's what I, that's what I said and that's what I meant. That's what I did. And so this very interesting thing started to happen that pelvic pain kind of shifted the dialogue it was having with me. And I started to get these pangs of pelvic pain um, that were very, very specific. I guess technically this shifted in task right before this happened, but it was like, got, got, it just got more and more specific. So generally not hurting unless I found myself doing something restrictive in my um, head or in my brain. If I was censoring myself, if I was using a controlling habit, if I was inhibiting my uh, my inspirations or my creativity. And what ended up happening really quickly was a lot of realization and a lot of pain and awareness around the the control or inhibitance of keeping my mouth shut and not sharing things or doing things like that around my sexuality. So it became this, and it's even happening right now, like I'm still kind of working with this, it became this marker of am I speaking my truth or am I like shrinking and controlling myself because I would get this pang if I wasn't saying something or I wasn't doing something. Um, You know, and this is like a big, right? This is a big thing because, and this was part of the healing that happened. I got a um, really beautiful Reiki session on, on Saturday. And one of the things that came out of that adventure day that I had that day was this understanding of I used to track my pain and my emotional suffering and I would track myself constantly because I when I lost my mind when I was like 19 which is like it's a way to put it, I guess. Um, but when I when when all of my people pleasing, uh, chipper system, coping system broke, and all of the stuff that I had been carrying around um, in an unreconciled way really came pouring out of me in a way that was a deluge, like a damn dam coming down for my life. I really used watching myself, observing myself and getting involved with myself as a way to, to heal and, and put myself together as I really am 
as opposed to put myself back together, right? Like putting myself together, it was coming apart at the edges and then, and then taking the time to say, to, to letting truth kind of put me back together. And, uh, I got really hyper vigilant around patterns and recognizing patterns I was running and running and, and recognizing them are happening and then interrupting them when I was doing them and, uh, really like tracking, 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 tracking myself really hardcore constantly having a thought thinking a thought about having an opinion or judgment about that thought, noticing my judgment about that thought, noticing my feelings or my body sensations while I was having those thoughts or judgments about it, having a layer of awareness, witnessing myself, and then eventually having a witness layer of self that was not even identifying the self, right? Like a cultivation of like, as opposed to just thinking a thought, every thought I had, I remember being in my mid twenties and being like, am I ever just going to think a thought again? Like just think a thought without tracking all of the layers of not just the thought, but oh, I didn't even say the layer that's like, is this pattern, like the pattern tracking layer, just being like, okay, that's a thought, that's a pattern, that's an action, but like, how does it fit in? So on Saturday, I have this moment where I'm terrified that I am repeating patterns, that I am just just doing the same thing I've always done that I've like reached out and I've connected someone and now I've got to connect to someone who like, isn't really into me. (laughs) Just keep saying no. Here I am again, feeling like, wow, you love me so much. You just don't want me. Right. So like feeling that and just being like, that's not what's happening. Like, that's not what's happening. This is actually really different. And that's the other thing that, so my brain just went in like a million directions. So one thing is that this piece of when I was tracking myself to rebuild and dismantle these imprinted patterns, these top patterns and these coping mechanisms, that was really important. And I needed to do that. And that now I have a connection to myself that allows me to I don't need to track myself in that same way. What I need to track is to notice what feels good, like what feels in alignment, what feels true to me. I can trust my body. I can trust those messages in a way that's different because I used trusting my body 10 years ago to help dismantle and remantle uh, all of these pathways. And yet there's a, there's a softening, a trust that I was really came into this week that was like, we just got to. And I feel like that's what I want to share with you too. Cause as I said, as I say that, it's this like boom, collective ping of we have to, we absolutely have to start trusting and give up negotiating with the parts of us that are telling us the truth. And we act like we don't know what that is. We've been taught and we've been undermined to not recognize that. We've been undermined in our knowing of what that is. But we do know what that is. You do know what that is. That pleasure space, not the high, the good the solid, the, the sweetness of life, whether you feel sad or whether you feel happy, that that's connected space 
that we have to trust that now. That is the map. That is the way that we are going to get through. That is the place that tells you what's your purpose. That is the way that is going to help us, not to help us, not help us. It is the way that we will heal the poisoned waters, heal the poisoned air, heal our poisoned bodies, heal the poisoned collective mind. Is by trusting the healed part of our body, the healed part of our mind, the healed part of our water and our air. We have to listen to that whole part. We have to. It's time. You have to listen to that whole part. I have to listen to that whole part. It's the part that will take us into wholeness. And we've spent so much time and energy listening to the broken parts. And this is like a deep bow because fuck, that is like an essential, important part. And if you don't know which is broken and which is whole, then you got to do the broken part because it is through the brokenness in, in the wound is the ball. It is in our brokenness that we find our wholeness. And so we cannot avoid the brokenness. We cannot avoid the hurt. We cannot avoid the pain because it is the doorway and the threshold to our truth to our wholeness. That's what it is. That's how we get there. And then once you know it, know it. And then once you know it, listen to it. And then once you listen to it, act on it. And then once you act on it, have faith, have faith, have faith, have faith, because the ripples will not always look the way we want them to. Though sometimes they will look more glorious than we could have imagined. One of the things that I realized, and I think, again, this is a, this, this feels important to share because it feels like it's part of the collective that we're all healing right now, which is that, and it's what I was just talking about, which is like in those broken spaces or those disconnected spaces, right? Because there's nothing broken, but it sure does feel broken. Okay. And until we get to our wholeness, it's kind of a a little, kind of a little broken, right? So that in those spaces where we're disconnected, we got to slow down. We got to slow down because the point is to find connection and to come home to ourselves and to, to access there. And so I really, you know, I walked into this week thinking like, oh, I'm ready. All I need is some space and to just like drop in and go there. And what I realized over the course of the week, as I slowly lost my mind and became a bizarre alternate reality version of myself, um, was, and lose my mind, but. I was like, it was, I got a little, I got weird, you know, I got weird and, uh, and insecure and controlling. That's what I got. I got insecure and controlling. I've done a lot to make peace with that. And, um, and I was, and I did a lot this, I did a lot that week, a lot that week to, to, to heal that. You know, one of the things that I realized on solstice, I prayed for solstice by By the power of solstice, expose light, illumination, expose that which is keeping me from being myself. 
And I literally said out loud after I said that prayer, why do I say those things? I know what's going to happen. That prayer is going to be answered. This is going to be brutal. <laughs> this is going to be brutal. I'm totally, that prayer is totally going to be answered. And I'll tell you what, oh my God. And I saw all these layers of how much I avoided disappointing and disappointing other people and being rejected. And that being rejected was a feeling that I avoided. And on solstice night, by myself in a tree house. Um, I was there and I had this moment of just being like, this feeling is so terrible. I feel so unwanted. I feel so so much like I'm a burden, like what I've done and who I am is a problem. It's just like I'm just in that feeling, you know. And then I had this moment and I realized, wow, I really have spent a lot of time and energy um, avoiding this feeling. Doing everything I could so that I wouldn't, A, feel rejected and unwanted, or B, feel like I'm rejected and unwanted because I'm a burden. Now, we talked about this. We'll talk about it some more. I haven't totally done a great job of that in a lot of ways. I've definitely been myself and been told I'm too much and yada, yada, blah, 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 and been rejected and got told no and all that stuff, yada, yada. But what's interesting is that I definitely, and I have a feeling you can relate to this, is that there are certain people or certain places that I, that I help. And, those, and, and in those spaces, that feeling, that person or that circumstance, sucking there, that that feeling of sucking, <laughs> that feeling of being a disappointment or rejected or a burden, that, that feeling. And this moment of going, I had this moment where I was like, let's get comfy. I'm going to get to know you really well feeling. It's time that you and I got real buddy, buddy, because I'm not going to avoid you anymore. I'm not going to avoid being rejected anymore. I'm not going to avoid being a disappointment for being burdensome. And as I say that, I can hear the part of me that like just last night was like, oh, don't call. Don't call. Don't be too much. But I did. I called. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, you know, I am. I'm, I'm going to get comfy with that feeling. I'm getting comfy with that feeling getting comfy with that feeling. And so I did, it was like, I, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to be scared of this feeling anymore. I'm scared of something new or not. Just let faith fill in these spaces. And that to do that, for me to do that, especially in the realm of sexuality, anything for myself personally, intimacy, because I also have this idea of myself and an experience of myself, to give myself due credit, of this like wild, ecstatic, beautiful, present goddess lover, you know, like, come on, come on, I'm amazing. Like, that's, that's real. It's been in moments I've had that. I know that. You know, it seems so real in my head, but it's also been real in real life. So, so that, so for me to go into a space and then start to have that shutdown, that insecure, that controlling, that not asking for, I want that backing down, that shrinking, that not finishing a sentence, that like having no idea how I really feel my, 
needing the other person to want me first before I want someone. And like on one hand, sure. Right. And on the other hand, like, no, no, no. Especially if there's already been an establishment of like, everybody's down and interested. Right. That's a power play. And even just talking about it feels gross. Like, no wonder I didn't want to record this episode and tell you people. Ew, I am not proud of myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm proud of myself. I work, I work it. I'm not proud of myself. It feels gross. It feels gross. It feels controlling. It feels exhausting. It feels like I wouldn't want to fuck me, you know? Ugh. Like, no wonder I got so many no's as the week went on. I got weirder and weirder. Got weirder and weirder. And my friend was really interesting because they were like, do you even think you can be wanted? Like, do you believe that? Do you believe that you're, like, wantable, that you're really desirable as you all are? And when it first came up, I was like, I do. Yeah. And then on solstice, when I was laying there feeling crazy and like I couldn't, I kept doing all the things. I was meditating and processing and journaling and doing all the things and couldn't get clear. I couldn't get clear. I was like, I can usually get clear with a little bit of effort. This is like hours. Like I can't shake this. And then I realized like, I was having this feeling of like, I knew it. Of course I wasn't really wanted. I was like, fuck. I went back and was like, yeah, you were totally right about that. <laughs> totally right. You're totally right. And that's what I did on the solstice, my solstice healing, you know, was like, I do believe that. Like I am. And it was, it wasn't even, you know what? It wasn't, this is, okay. This is important. Pay attention because it wasn't that I convinced myself that I am capable of being wanted. It was that I slowed down and got present enough to feel how much it was already taking place, to feel how much it was already taking place. That's what dismantled that story was when I just woke up to reality and was like, I am wanted and I am loved and I am desired just as I am just as I am right now by myself, by spirit and reflected in these ways in these other people. So this story about how unwanted I am is a lie that I've been telling myself that has been ignoring evidence. That's how I had that experience. It's one of the reasons why doing, I think, community healing work is so, like, collective work is really helpful um, because we can have these experiences of really being seen and loved because that was one of the, you know, those were some of the people that came to mind, thought of the training ground. I was like, these people know me in all of this space, have seen it, unadulterated, uninhibited. I'm loved. I am desired in their life. And for me, that, that deeper feeling of being wanted is much more core and, and really the crux of, of that desire question for me. Not so much 
sexually. I think there's some elements in there that I have yet to uncover or know what what exactly some of that as I just like get quiet and listen I'm like, oh, there's some stuff there. But what was really clear for me was that I definitely had that feeling of just like not you know, that straight up not enoughness and that too muchness. And that that paradigm of either being too much or not enough as opposed to just a complete acceptance of as as I am as I am. I was singing today in the car. I'm as sad as I am, as I am, as I am. I'm as sad as I am. I'm just as sad as I am. It was so soothing. I was like, that's just exactly how much sad I am. This exact amount. Being visited by the sadness in this exact amount right now. That's what's happening. That's what I'm experiencing. So it was cool when it all came together and I had this moment because it was, I had like two more medicine rounds like after this, but this was when I was like packing up and leaving and we were talking and I was like, dude, I get it. Like my brain goes weird and I can stay really present in the depths of pretty intense things, anger and grief and various forms of shame and all this stuff but I was like whoa I started to get turned on or even like get in that realm and like it's like I just don't have I don't have practice oh this is what I was going to say earlier which was yes the trauma of like just what it is and then also when my pelvic pain came up um and I really started to unravel what I've been carrying around it's like cracking open um sex is really painful and so I just didn't want to have it, even though I wanted to have it, I wanted to, and I would have moments, but a lot of the time, not even sex, literally just getting turned on, just getting engorged would give me pelvic pain. So it's like, we're hugging, we're kissing. It's nice. It starts to feel good. It immediately feels bad. That was the rhythm of my pelvic pain. As soon as it starts to feel really good, it was painful. Oh, as I say that, I'm just like, oh, darling. That's what I'm unraveling, feeling good when I feel good. That's what I'm reconstituting, having my brain be present and my vocal cords articulate and my heart be steady. My power be in my own center. speed when wet. So, and as soon as I had that, you know, we're having a conversation, I'm just like, well, I'm psyched now because I have all the skills. Like now I know how to do that. Now I get it. Totally get it. Totally get it. I totally do this. Totally do this. Totally bring myself through. And then I wonder, and then I wonder, what will she be like? I had this conversation. Oh, my goodness. I guess it was a year ago, April. It was same conversation. It was getting a public floor session from Honey Petalwalker, getting a session from Jane Glenn. 
in Taos, April 2017. And I said, I, I'm scared. Like I'm scared of healing. I'm scared of letting this go. Like I'm scared. I, I won't, I'm scared. I won't like her. I'm scared. I won't like her. Who I'm going to be I'm scared. I won't like her. And what she said to me was, you already love her. love you and your wholeness no matter the no matter how wacky or weird or normal whatever that means I love us When I lay down on the table to get the Reiki session on Saturday morning, what came through was this urgency. Uh, one of my one of my mantra is: "There's no need to rush if we don't dilly dally. No need to rush as long as we don't dilly dally." Right? And so the the urgency. It's not a, it's not a rush urgency. It's not like a have to do it now, have to do it now. It's just a, it is to be done now. Like now is the time. And it was this feeling and this clarity of I'm here to build an army of light and warriors of love. Rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Like that's what we're doing. It is, it is the, you know, there's a, uh, Nako and medicine for the people has a, has, he has a song lyric and he says, um, uh, I will pray for compassion, but I keep knife at my, I keep my knife at my side. Um, and if war comes to my door, you'll know that I'll be blasting. And what came to me as I lay there is like war is at our door. War is at our door. Most of us have war inside our doors. Most of us are already at war. And so the question is, are you showing up as your warrior? And the warrior's job is to keep the boundary, not to kill shit. Just to keep the boundary at all costs. You know, and so the other thing that I realized in the course of this process, it's a vulnerability, the sharing my voice, you know, what's, I love sex. I love the medicine of sex. I'm excited to get to know the medicine of sex and, and bring my full presence into that space and find out more and more what that's like. Um, just even in myself, it's been uh, my own process of, of healing and coming back to that. I mean, I've only been able to self-pleasure without pain for like two years. I had like three plus years in which I couldn't even touch myself without weeping. It was so, so painful. And, uh, yeah. So, so I'm excited about that revealing and healing that, that brokenness and me revealing its wholeness and, and, 
and so it's balm and in so it's medicine. And I'm excited about being resourced in that and working with people who know, who have walked through this and, and getting support in that. I'll just say something else. Oh, I remember now. What I am clear about now is that I want to ask for what I want in this world. And I want to do that without expectation, right? That's the vulnerability. That's the, that's the part I was missing <laughs> most of that week without expectation. Um, the, you know, to just ask open-handedly to be vulnerable and say, this is what I want. And I had this realization, which is like, if I can't ask my friend of over 20 years, if they want to make out with me because I'm afraid of being rejected, how am I ever going to ask strangers to invest in cultivating their own medicine with me? Because to be honest, it's more vulnerable for me to do that than it is to ask an old friend if they want to kiss, even if the answer is no. And so I realized that for me to share my passion, my feminine, my left rich medicine side my desires, what I long for, what really like in Tantra, they talk about being turned on by life, right? Like this, like what I'm here for, what my passion is, like what really is my passion. And it's, it's, it's medicine, it's healing, it's being that medicine. And even more so it's awakening and brewing and stirring that medicine in you and in the people that you know. And I love to do it through the ripple effect where it just, I do my work and it affects things. And I know that. I just know that now. I know it. And what I want to do, what the vulnerability is to do is to ask you, like, come with me. I want you to have your medicine in its fullest form. I want you to have your own lineage be entirely intact. And I want you to know that every step you take, you are reverberating at the potent level that you came here to do. That's what I want. And that's what I've been practicing being vulnerable enough to say. And I'm going to say it more and more. I'm going to talk about sex more and more. I'm talking about medicine more and more. Like I don't already. The show is called Vagina Talks and I'm constantly talking about medicine. Yet, nothing new nothing about any of the things that I feel like I'm saying these days are new to anybody who's known me ever for like 15 minutes. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that seems right. But to me, it's all relatively still surprising at moments. Moments. Yeah. Slowing down. Slowing down, feeling more, feeling deeper, feeling more specific, bringing spaciousness into areas and space where it's contracted or fast. Feel like it moves really fast and the options are very limited because the options are always limitless. What? I just said that. The options are always limitless. I'm going to say it again. Say it with me. The options are always limitless. One more time. The options are always limitless. The options are always limitless. If you have found yourself in a position in your own state of mind in which 
it is limited options, then that is a sign that you have drifted into the realm of forgetting. And most of us need a hug in the realm of forgetting. Most of us need a hug. That's what we need. We need a hug in the realm of forgetting. In your land of radiance, in your land of remembering, in your land of oh, knowing your wholeness, listening to your wholeness, acting on your wholeness, having faith in your wholeness. I celebrate you. I honor you. I treasure you. I thank you. Thank you. In your realm of forgetting, I offer you a hug and I bow because it too is a pathway to remembering. It is the bridge. As always, hit me up on Instagram. Go join my email list if you want the written letter formats where I spill about my medicine and things like that. Um, send me a message. Shoot me an email. Do a thing. If you've got my number, send me a text. Let me know what's happening. If you have any questions or comments, I'd be happy to hear about them. And I'd be happy to tell you more. So this this dismantling of shame in this story of just like, I am what I am. I'm not too much. I'm not too little. I am what I am. And you are not too much. You are not too little. You are what you are. That is sacred. It's holy. And every step cannot be a misstep. It is a holy step by you, a sacred being. I honor you. I thank you. I love you. celebrate you. I give you hugs if you want them. Be in touch. Let me know. Healing it. Healing it for us all. Love to all, light to all, and peace to all. Ato, ato, ea. I am, I am. It is, it is. I am grateful. Love to all, light to all, and peace to all. It is, it is, I am grateful. Bye, darlings. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wiseman, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. 
If you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Y'all, I'm so excited about vagina talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.